Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello? Silence. Hello? Nothing. Suddenly you hear the sound. Suddenly a motorbike speeds up to the ring. Uh, it's just us two. We're back. A it's man jumps off. Off the motorcycle. <laughs> uh, ben and Peter are back at it again mm. uh, in the in the white vans. Right? Probably. I don't, know. I don't have white vans. White something. I don't even have vans. <laughs> white boys. Yeah. White boys back at it again, just being white boys. Ashton is off uh, this week. So, Peter and I are returning to podcast duties. It's been, God, what, like three months now? It's been a long time. It's like just like the good old days. Just like the good old days. Except now we've got Emma. Yeah, Emma's in the podcast studio. She's got her arms folded, though. She looks really moody. So have I, to be fair. I do sometimes. Um, that's what, if I could cherry pick mm. things from the last three months, I would keep Emma but get rid of Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, t- nobody tell Don't Ashton. Don't tell Ashton. She can't know. No. But Ashton loves Emma so much. They come together. They, they're inseparable. Mm. Except, you know, Emma's here and Ashton isn't. Mm. So, I mean, they're mm. going to ask some pretty difficult questions where they're all told. Yep. Uh, this is our video game podcast. We're going to get onto the video games in just a second. First, though, Peter, mm. we are sponsored each and every week by a very real video game adjacent sponsor yeah uh we are sponsored by an entire console today oh an entire console very exciting have you heard about the nintendo switch Uh, what is that things are happening with the nintendo switch uh a a model has been released a special nintendo switch model Mm. um there's there's something about like that they've brought out this like other one that's got like a fancy new screen and stuff but as well as that okay uh what nintendo have done Mm. is they have gone back to some of the old designs that were pre the initial switch it was like a prototype version they've gone back to the prototype of the switch okay uh, that was never meant to be released yeah and they've now brought that out so really? from, from back in time introducing the nintendo switch old model did you enjoy that did you like that one did you like that one uh, what does the old model do? Uh, the screen's rubbish. <laughs> it's got less internal <laughs> storage. Fewer, fewer internal storages. Fewer internal storages. Uh, you can't Bluetooth pair your um, audio to it, but also it doesn't even have a jack, so you can't connect any headphones to it. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, I hope they don't do that with phones. It's got no kickstand. It's right. all just gone backwards. God. Um, it sounds, is the old model. I don't know why they terrible. did that. Yeah. Is it expensive? Uh 
it's the same price as the wow. regular Switch. What a bargain. Mm. Uh, I think anyone who was considering buying the Nintendo Switch old model, mm. uh, their mind, it, I mean, it should be made up. Yeah. It's a steal. Buy get, it. Get it now. Except it don't because it's a lie. Oh, beans. <laughs> Lol. Damn, I thought I was going to get really disappointed. Oh, for, rubbish. For £280 or something. Yeah. Never mind. What we are actually sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast as well as a host of other rewards. Other rewards. There are so many. Uh, so we've had so many new people join the Patreon uh, over the past month or so we since have. we launched the new stuff. And that's awesome. And mm. we love you. And thank you so much. There are so many tiers. Uh, there's the After Dark podcast uh, that at the time of recording, or at the time of release even, sorry, goes out on Monday yes. for patrons of a certain tier where you can ask us about anything, anything non-video game related. We'll just shoot the shiz, as they say, mm. in the business. And we also have... As we'll get to at the end of the show, we'll let you know what's going on. Weirdest Games Ever. Ooh. The first episode releases on YouTube next week. If mm. you're a patron, though, because it's a monthly show, if you're a patron, at the same tier that you get Worst Games Ever two days early, you get Weirdest Games Ever a whole a week, week early. early. A whole flipping week. Madness. It's crazy. So patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. We hope to see you there real soon. Yeah, we do. Um, look at that. Look what's that? What are you looking at? Look at that there on the screen. You see the, what, on the recording? My finger went off. Yeah. Is it? Just a tiny little bit of the mouse. Oh, you can see a little bit of the mouse. Yeah, just shut that off. Then. There we are. There if you're not is. watching the video version, you're missing out. You see the high octane thrills of, is that a mouse? 16 pixels of mouse what on is the it? edge of screen. Get off there. there. You're, yeah. not, you're not one of the stars. Uh, Go away. What you'll also, uh, what you won't be missing out on though, is uh, our special, super special extra sponsor. Mm. It's triplejump.gg. Ooh. Hello everyone! As well as our extremely real and totally not fictitious in any way sponsor, we're officially partnered with PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo to sell their codes through our own website, triplejump.gg. Here you can get everything from topping up your digital wallets to PlayStation Plus, Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online subscriptions, as well as Minecraft mine coins. <laughs> mine coins? They'll be your coins any minute. <laughs> nice one, Peter. Yeah, thanks very much. It's 100% legitimate, directly supports us and provides you with the delightful digital currencies you're going to buy anyway. Visit triplejump.gg to browse our full stock. Triplejump.gg. This is a real sponsor. It's time for question one now. Oh, yeah. Um, this is from Stukalicious, who says, Hello, you cheeky little monkeys. Whoa. <laughs> Last week was the 40th anniversary of the release of the first ever dedicated video games magazine. Mm. Computer and video games, uh, it were called. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite or memorable experiences with video games, media, and journalism, whether in paper form or online? And hey... Tell that Emma to slow down and take a break sometime. She works hard. She, she does. is. Just, just looking really cross. Looking cross. The, a, a, a little bit of uh, transparency breaking the fourth wall here. Mm. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. The only reason she has her arms crossed is that if she doesn't, her head just slumps down out of shot. Yeah, like... <laughs> so she needs to prop up her hands with her crossed bare arms. The kind of... The jungle scog uh, design of her kind of lying and looking down is yeah. endearing when you first get her. But then when you're trying to sit her up on sofas... Yeah, when you're trying to get her to present stuff. a video, she doesn't, really she doesn't do it. It's inconvenient. We need to like... Silly. Emma. Stick a pole up her neck or something. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Open her up. Yeah, sure. Um, we'll get right on that. 
Anyway, uh, so video games, media, and journalism. Mm. Now, I I know that you have something of a penchant for oh, video game oh. magazines, or you you have been subscribed to them in the past, or simply yeah. bought them. Uh, I've never had a subscription to a video game magazine in my really? life. Whoa! Um, Your entire life. Yeah, uh, I used to occasionally just buy them from the kind of the corner shop, mm. uh, mostly for the demo discs. Yeah. Um, Sometimes for the cheek book, cheek books, the cheek books. <laughs> That's yeah. a different magazine. I had a couple of cheek books as well, um, and uh, sometimes also I would read. Uh, video game magazines at Peter's Magic Uncle's house. Peter's Magic Uncle. Um, I imagine we'll be hearing more from Peter's Magic Uncle a bit later on in one of these. Uh, we may well be indeed, yeah. um, because he was subscribed to uh, well various. He was subscribed to like official PlayStation magazine and eventually uh, eventually OXM. Mm. Um, Xbox magazine. So I read them there, and I used to enjoy them. But um, for me, really, my my fondest memories of video games magazines are demo discs. Really, yeah. I just think like they were they were fantastic, and I missed them. And I, you know, I will happily go back and occasionally play demo discs, because, partly because. You see builds of games on there that sometimes yeah. are different to what eventually came out, which mm. is fun. Uh, or sometimes it'll just have FMV of a game, and like the UI will be completely different uh, to to the final version. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when we played uh, the B movie on Worst Games Ever? Yes, and it showed the tutorial of like the taxi mini game. Oh yeah, and, and it showed an outdated and it was like an build old of version the game. of the HUD, <laughs> which is kind of strange, um, but. I remembered while trying to think of an answer for this question and write some notes, I remembered that I actually had at least one demo disc from a computer games magazine as a child. It was the only one I ever had. Normally it was just PlayStation ones. Right. Um, but it had um, a, a shoot 'em up on there, like a scroll, a scrolling shooter called Tyrion 2000, uh, spelt with an, an A, not an O. So not like Tyrion Lannister. Right, not like the Lannister. Um, and it also had uh, Winnie the Witch. Why does that sound familiar? Winnie the Witch was a series of books that you may well have seen as a child. Okay. Um, that just triggered a deep-rooted they, they memory. They were sort of brilliantly animated, uh, illustrated, like really great, like colorful, okay. like poppy kind of uh, artwork. And there was a, a game for children uh, about Winnie the Witch where you could just go around her house and it was really just... Uh, you would go into like different rooms and there'd just be loads and loads of things to click on and they would just sort of animate and like make funny noises. And did stuff. I have this demo? Oh, maybe you did. I don't know. Um, and Winnie the Witch demo was in her bathroom and you could like make handprints on the towels and like the soap would like slide around the bathtub and just right. all, all kinds of things like that. Okay. You could click on the mirror and her face would come up and you could like cycle hairstyles right. and put lipstick on her and stuff. That's weird. Um, yeah, so that was great. I loved Winnie the Witch. Uh, I also had a demo for um, Command and Conquer, mm. which I think must have come from a from a magazine. I can't really think where else it would have come from. Uh, and I used to play that over and over again. It had like three or four levels on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just the game probably yeah i was kind of too young to understand that no a demo is just a little little taster mm. delicious woman up uh but it had it had several missions on it that you could spend hours playing really uh and uh i, I used to play that all the time so yeah demo discs really are my favorite thing nice. my fondest memories of video game media incredible yeah i never really got uh gaming magazines when i was a kid mainly mm. because they always had like lara croft going mm. yeah 
Yeah. So your mum's not going to buy it for no, you. No, you can't have that. And also they're like five pounds. Which yeah, is they a, were expensive. Which is a big ask. So that's not going to happen. It wasn't until I was in secondary school uh, that I started just buying them myself. Mm -hmm. And my favorite magazine, which I have spoken about on here previously, is a, was a magazine called PSM3, Yeah, uh, which was a PlayStation 3 magazine. And I remember the first issue, well, previously it was PSM2, which a lot of people may have known as well from back in the day. The day. But they changed their name to PSM3 about seven or eight months before the PS3 launched in the UK. Right. So I saw their first issue and it said all over it, yeah, first issue of PSM, get the latest scoops on the on a big black box for some Sony. And also here's a page of barely censored nude lady Don't wallpapers for page. your phone. Yeah. And it is yeah, there was some really awful there was some stuff in the, stuff the back in there. pages of those magazines. Uh but yeah, it had Army of Two on it. And mm. I was like, this looks amazing. A co-op game? And yeah. you know, they'd blown up these really horrible screenshots. So they're just all grainy and rubbish. And I read and I think I bought every issue of that magazine from mm. its inception until it was closed down, oh, wow. which was before, I want to say before the PS4 launched because, you know, magazines were dying. It was part of Future Publishing, which is a big magazine uh, publisher in the in the UK, and they had a load of gaming magazines under their umbrella, many of which were slowly killed off. They still I, barely exist. I think it's me. just official PlayStation magazine yeah. now. I think Xbox and Nintendo have both stopped, but PlayStation magazine is still going, I believe. Um, and isn't the one called... Play is it just called Play? That yeah, I think like Play magazine might still be going. I think that's still, that's oh, still going. yeah, yeah. I'm Games TM. I think is still going as well. Uh, that's yeah, that's a bit more of a premium one. You mm. know, sort of like a, a fart sniffing. Mm. <laughs> Isn't aren't, aren't video games art forms? Mm. You know, to each their own. But I found it a bit dry. Right. That one. Uh, PSM three certainly loved that. They used to come with discs as well, but the demos were far less exciting. They were handy in that they were literally the install files for the for the demos so you would plug it in and just copy it onto your ps3 so you wouldn't have to download it on your crap right. internet yeah uh, but they used to just pack it with videos as well mm, yeah and some of them they just downloaded off youtube because they thought were funny it's if you if anyone's ever seen uh half-life full-life consequences oh yeah i first saw that on a psm3 demo because oh, really? they just ripped it off youtube and distributed just it throughout the uk sold a magazine yeah. with that i couldn't believe it but it was amazing that's how i saw that um but those that was very much in my formative years of like really starting to get into games from a sort of critical standpoint and like starting to appreciate them more as not a time-wasting exercise yeah. but something that i was like really quite passionate about um and podcasts came in around the same time as well podcasts really started to explode and there were a number of podcasts that i would consume um and, and really enjoy that have again just sort of fallen off over the years used to just go on to the the podcast section of itunes and just search playstation yeah and find all these sort of rinky dink tiny podcasts from just enthusiasts who didn't really didn't really know what they were talking about but it was all that was available mm -hmm. so you would listen to those and i loved those um one final thing is that i had a spanish textbook right in secondary school and it had um you know how people used to be able to cover their own 
textbooks and stuff you used to like some people would put them in wrapping paper and things yeah Yeah. to like protect them a bit someone covered it with an official playstation 2 magazine right and over the course of the year i would slowly like just unpick it just to read more (laughs) of what was on the back side of this magazine wow it was like a little bit of an onimusha review that i was able to read you're just gradually learning a little bit more about onimusha it was great (laughs) and yeah so there we are. That was that was fun. That's great. Also, 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 mm. one thing I try to do, uh, I have done with the PS4 and the PS5, is that I bought like uh, the the launch day official PlayStation oh, mag- yeah. magazine, um, just to like keep as like a little memento. Mm. Like, that was the launch day uh, edition of that magazine. The one on on the Spanish textbook. Not on the Spanish yeah. textbook, no. sadly, no, but. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I used to love reading magazines. Obviously, the way we consume media now is so different that magazines can't really exist, even though they still do, mm. and I still appreciate magazines. Um, yeah, I've never... I, I, I wouldn't buy one anymore. Yeah, I mean, I've got one extra bit about, like, digital, uh, you know, a, a fond memory of digital media. Yeah. Um, I really like now, or not even now, in the past maybe five or even ten years, that... Um, uh video game outlets will now as well as covering stuff in the way you would expect them to um they will sometimes just have a series of articles that are run over a month or two where it might be their skyrim character or something and like they've made a stupid character you know they've said like oh i've decided to make a character who um i have to eat food every day and i can only uh do like manual labor for people or you Mm -hmm. know and they kind of do diary updates and stuff like that i really like those kind of things where it's not just here here is our review of this game it's here here's our silly experiment or silly experience recurring feature yeah exactly yeah there was one that cvg actually did i'm not sure if it was with cvg uh but it was andy kelly did something where he was like cabbage man or something in skyrim and he would just the only way he could make money he couldn't fight like his character couldn't fight so he would just go work farms harvest yeah. cabbages and, yeah and sell them slowly to save up for things yeah, yeah yeah i love things like that i've got one that i've i've definitely talked about a long time ago on the podcast but it's been that long mm. um and i've talked i've spoken to you about talking i've spoken to you about this <laughs> multiple times uh i really like the thing that pc gamer did with dishonored uh, they called it Dishonored No Trace, mm. where they would go around and it only worked up to a certain point in the game because then things changed. But for like the first six or seven missions, they would kill their targets because, you know, that game offers you the chance to either kill your target or like send them down a coal mine forever or yeah. like, you know, make them disappear in some way. Uh, they would kill the targets, but they would do it in a way that according to their headcanon, no one would know that they'd been murdered. It would mm-hmm. look like an accident. Uh, and so they would like make people walk through um, the the laser gate things, yeah. uh, like hack those. And I, one I remember really uh, specifically that I I thought was very clever was the one that's in the um, uh, like it's, it's a brothel basically. You, right. The one where you go to the brothel. Yeah, I yeah. think there's two target. I think there's twins to kill in that one. Uh, the way they killed one of those guys is they uh, as he's walking past a guard, they possessed his body. And then they jumped out of his body again. And when you do that, it makes the person vomit. Like, they always just vomit in yeah. that game. So then this guard, like, sees this guy vomiting just before he goes into the bathhouse. And he's like, oh, okay. The guard's just looking at him. And then they kill this guy 
with like blunt force, I think. I can't remember if they like throw something at him or whatever. And then they leave him face down in the bath. And then they go around the room and they put loads of beer bottles all around him. Yeah. So then the story would be that the guard was like, oh, well, I, when he went in there, he like, he like threw up and stuff. I think he must have been really drunk. Mm. And then they find this body surrounded by glass bottles. I thought, oh, yeah, that's really clever. That's I, good. That was like a video series that they ran on the website. And it's like six or seven episodes of it. And you know, just seeing people be inventive in games like that, I think is really cool. So yeah. No, that I was agree. PC Gamer who did that. Fantastic. Um, there we go. Well, it's time to move on mm. to a section that, uh, you know what, we have done it before. Yeah, we do it all the time. It's called, uh, I don't know why we would say otherwise, really. No. It's called What Are We Playing? Mm. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's What We Playing time. Time to talk about what we play in. Pitost, what have you been playing? I have uh, essentially been playing the same things that I said last week. Mm. Um, I went back and did a bit more Kana. Um, okay. I just wanted to go. I'm not trying to platinum it, but I just thought I enjoyed myself in that game, and I wasn't quite ready to to leave that lovely world. So I just went around um, looking for um, what are they called rots and yeah. things like that, and just you know wrapping up a few things that I'd not already done. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that was fun. I did that for a couple of evenings. Uh, then in the middle of the week, I didn't play any video games. Uh, been busy, but. Uh, I then also went and played some more Orcs Must Die. Um, and I've now, I think, reached the point where I'm satisfied. And if I play much more of that, I'll start to get bored of it. So <laughs> oh, I'm no. not, not going to be doing that. Oh, I'm actually no. thinking about playing God of War finally. Um, oh, okay. 2018. 2018, which, uh, you know, I've wanted to play for a while. And there have been other games that I've thought, oh, should I play that instead? And, you know, what should I play next? And... Uh, as I spoke about at length um, in several podcasts ago, uh, when I tried to play Horizon, mm. I felt like slightly overwhelmed by it and I just wasn't in the mood for like an open world game. And I sometimes, when I think about playing God of War, I'm like, oh, but you know, that that game is like such a, not a big game in terms of scale, but it's a big game in terms, of, it's, it's many people's game of the year, of that year, right? And so in my head, just by association, that seems like an undertaking to me because, oh, if it's a a big, significant game, it must be a bit of a, you know, it's a commitment. Mm -hmm. But actually, you know, it's like semi-linear. And, uh, you know, that's probably exactly what I'm looking for right now. You know, Kena as well was essentially a linear game um, with some, you know, branching paths and stuff. Um, So, and I I really enjoyed that, like just having having the focus, having a a set objective, go here, do this. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is what I'm, probably going to start playing this week uh before the next podcast so uh hopefully hopefully next time i'll be able to talk about my experiences with god of war at last well i hope Um, you enjoy it yeah it's very good i know and well you know gotta gotta get it played before the next one comes out yeah absolutely so uh yeah that's what i've been up to just same as last week really sorry 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 well fortunately your boys played everything Excellent. Absolutely flipping everything. You've had a games sesh, haven't you? Yes. So as the lads. As I said on the last week's podcast, Mm. the hashtag the lads were coming up to Newcastle Mm. and we were going to just sit there and play one game the entire time, that being Demon's Souls on PS5, which we have not had the chance to all play together yet. We're going to do a sort of miracle build 
character because I've never really done that before. Do it. It's a faith build is what it's called. You know, you've got levels where you can level up your faith and stuff. Right. And there's spells or sorceries and miracles, which are different. And they both use different, like you use sort of like a wand type thing to do spells. Mm -hmm. And for miracles, you have like a talisman. It's far more sort right. of God focused, mm -hmm. as you would imagine. Turns out that was a big flipping mistake. Oh no! It was a, ho a really horrible idea. So it started off fine because we we all picked sort of the same starting class that was good for that. Yeah. Uh, made our way through the first couple of levels, then skipped ahead to like a much later level so that we could rescue the guy who exchanges boss souls for high level miracles and right. will also teach you miracles as well in exchange for souls. Uh, so thought that's that's tactical. Let's do that. That's a good idea. Then we started running into problems where we were putting all of our levels into faith, so that we were ready to use these big powerful miracles any day now. Whenever they whenever they arrive, turns out there's one offensive miracle in the entire game. Wow. Okay. Uh, and it's not even a good one. And the rest are things like heal yourself, mm -hmm. teleport back to the nexus, and sort of helpful things, but not good things yeah. so any small amount of googling would have prepared us for that fact and we ended up just getting really frustrated and so we sacked it off we gave up on that okay. that run because we just reached a point where you couldn't really attack stuff we put so much level so many levels and so so many souls into just pointless skills mm -hmm. that were just useless they did change that in dark souls the miracles in dark souls are really good and powerful right uh, but in demon souls don't do a miracle run you just you're, you'll be an idiot to do that real dingus so we then went and played the entirety of borderlands one just the whole okay. thing uh from start to finish that's always good love borderlands one great bit you know bit less on the humor front than mm -hmm. borderlands two but uh it's a good game and yeah. if you know what you're doing you can sort of charge through it so we smashed through that played a little bit of the battlefield 2042 beta that was on over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Didn't really get on great with that. Looks pretty. I've never been a huge fan of Battlefield games, only in the sense that when it comes to first-person shooters, I'm like super attuned to Call of Duty. Yeah. And I find Battlefield to be a difficult game to transition to. So while I don't think the game is bad, and a lot of people will probably immediately misconstrue what I'm saying is that I think Battlefield is bad. Battlefield. Just, oh, got him. I'm just... I find it difficult to play. Right. Especially like when it, when it, because the weapons I feel like maybe are a bit more realistic. So when I'm aiming down the sights and I start to fire, the recoil just sends, like I'm, I'm overcorrecting when I'm trying to adjust for the recoil of my gun. Mm -hmm. So I'm useless at killing people, right. which is sort of the whole point. Uh, but it's very pretty. And, and I'm sure people are very excited for that. I'm still interested in perhaps jumping into the full game, but I, I didn't play much of the beta. What I did play a fair amount of, though, is Hell Let Loose. Okay. Which is the World War II shooter that's on PS Plus mm -hmm. this month. And I actually quite like that. Oh, yeah. It's got a similar construct to Battlefield, or concept, I should say, in that everybody fulfills certain roles on a team. Right. And it is a huge World War II era shooter. Like, the maps are massive. They're sort of based on scans of actual maps. Right. And it's quite a pretty game janky looking especially with the character animations but certainly the world is very pretty mm -hmm. but on each team you have to like jump into different groups and or units and within that unit that with the unit is specialized you can be infantry you can be uh armored so you know you're you're jumping in tanks and stuff or you right. can be a recon class uh but 
there's only a certain amount of spaces in each one, and each one can only have a certain amount of each role. So okay. while anyone can get into a tank, only people that spawn in an armored division and are that class can drive the tank. Um, if you want to use a sniper, tough luck, buddy. You've got to be in the recon class. Right. But one of you has to be the spotter and one of you has to be the sniper. Mm -hmm. So it's super realistic in that sense. And it was actually, if you've got friends to play it with, it's really fun. There's a lot of people who take it extremely seriously, mm -hmm. though. Um, you know, there's artillery. There's like, it's called Hell Let Loose, which I think is a really bad game for, a really bad name for it. Yeah. Because it doesn't really sell you on what the game is. Uh, but it's intense when you're in that you just hear a noise like what's that noise what's that noise and then the entire field just explodes because a whole load of artillery has been dropped and right. stuff like it's i'm impressed by it i can't say that i'll play much more of it but for a free ps plus game mm -hmm. it's pretty good yeah in my opinion okay uh for, yeah, ne nearly there peter uh ghost of tsushima legends i started up the ps5 version got the platinum trophy because i imported my save data it's as easy as that uh played a tiny bit of legends which was the free multiplayer mode that they added a while back mm -hmm. uh, like co-op um but there were too many of us to do any of the story stuff because you can only do it in two-player co-op for right. the story so we did like a wave defense thing which got absolutely mulched and quit the game oh. <laughs> didn't play anymore. oh no i do intend to go back and play the story stuff because uh, i hear it's really good but certainly we didn't know what we were doing none of us had played ghost of tsushima since it came out and we just got absolutely rinsed by this uh by the ai like how that happened essentially twice in, oh yeah over hop the... into a game get our ass kicked no nah. not enough time let's move let's on to the next one. let's go back and play borderlands for the 20th time uh, the most recent thing I've been playing, though, is Far Cry 6. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, we've done a quipscope on. Mm -hmm. You can listen to that on this podcast feed or go watch the video. Flip, flip me. It's Far Cry, it's isn't it? It's certainly Far Cry. It's really Far Cry. Um, but I am playing the whole thing in co-op, which you can do. Okay. And it is so much fun in co-op because this game is really janky. Last night, I was the passenger in a plane. Uh, it was being shot down by anti-aircraft guns. I jumped out. For some reason, it glitched and wouldn't let me deploy my parachute. I smashed into, like, really shallow water. So it's not like Minecraft where yeah. you just survive. Um, and then when I respawned, I, I had to check the map. I was outside the map. But, like, I, you could see my cursor. It was just off screen. Mm. I was in this dark, scary void for, like, two minutes. And then suddenly I was in the sky again and I fell into the sea. Oh. Like, off Cloverfield. Yeah. It was, like... I'm enjoying it, but I don't think for the reasons that Ubisoft perhaps intended. It's it's Far Cry. Right. Sure is Far Cry. It certainly is. <sighs> been playing a lot. Yeah. Been, sure been playing enough for me and Ashton combined. Goodness me. Sorry, everyone. It's okay. Playing games over here. Uh, question two, though. Yes. Question two is from Andy Pramana, who says, Hey, Bap, or Bep, I suppose this Bep. week. Hope you're all well. When you were younger, was there a game that you'd see a friend or relative play, but you never had a chance to own, or at least not until you were much older? I remember going to a cousin's house, seeing him play GTA San Andreas, and begging my parents to buy me it, but they never did. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Thank you, Ali. Good question. Uh, you know what I'm going to say, and I know what you're going to say, mm. but I uh, used to go next door to my yeah. uncle's house there he is. and watch him play video games. Mm. And that was kind of where I learned all about video games and got interested in it. Uh, he had a PS1. I think he actually 
when I was very young, probably had a Sega of some kind, um, but I don't remember it really. Um, but yeah, PS1 of my earliest memories. I used to uh, watch him play Death Trap Dungeon. That's a game. It's based on a book by Ian Livingston, a choose-your-own-adventure book. Okay. Um, and uh, it was uh, uh, like a, a third-person hack-and-slash game, kind of a bit janky because it was like a PlayStation medieval sword hack and slash get you can probably imagine sort of what it looked like and how it played it was mm. sort of a bit rough around the edges but very interesting and like some of the enemies in that were quite ambitious there were like big dinosaurs in it um there was a bit where i mean this is my memory of the game i've not seen it in probably since then but uh there was a bit where like a giant hand bigger than you would chase you, you I know, don't like, like that. at the Adams family. Yeah. And you all you could do, again, this is my memory of it, might be incorrect. Mm. You could run away from it. it. The camera would turn around, so you would be running and you would see their hand behind you like Crash Bandicoot in the boulder. So you'd be running and running and you would have to jump over a pit as you're sprinting and then it would like fall down the pit. That's my memory wow. of how you defeat the hand. But Sounds scary. Could be completely off. It that was pretty scary. Me nightmares oh yeah, it was that. pretty spooky. Um, and there were a lot of clown-based enemies in there and jesters and things. Oh. Um, and the opening cutscene was kind of, used to sort of freak me out as well, but mostly because it was a bit uncanny valley. Like it had, um, the you could play as either a, a, a male or female warrior. Um, the premise was that there was this man who had this impossible dungeon that if you could make your way through, you would get riches beyond your wildest dreams. It was like a game. Mm-hmm. Um and the opening cutscene would show these two warriors preparing in the inn the night before. They're like sharpening their swords and stuff. Yeah. And it would cut between them and this like idiot boy knight who <laughs> didn't know what he was doing, who was already in there, like trying trying the gauntlet. Oh, and, and that's he, you, is it? Well, oh, it's no. not you, no. It was like saying, you know, how bad the dungeon is. Yeah. It was showing him getting like shot at by traps and attacked oh, by man. goblins. He shouldn't have gone in. Set on fire. And then right at the end... The, the door of the tavern swings open and he's there. He's got like smoke coming off him. And then he like just collapses on the floor and he's got like six axes in his back. Oh, God. And it's all done in like that weird FMV PlayStation Sort of like the, the opening of Theme Hospital. Yeah, yeah. A lot that, like that. that. That animation. Yeah, just like that. Oh. Um, really spooky. Uh, <laughs> but also there are some games that, so I, I never really played. I do actually have a copy of it, but I never really played much of it. Um, but there were other games, as Addy says in the question, that I saw and eventually owned, but mm. because I'd seen them and wanted them, you know, but it, t- it took a while. So Duke Nukem Time to Kill, I know Duke Nukem not age very well, but that game was actually just quite fun to play multiplayer wise. Uh, there was deathmatch mode um, and Hogs of War as well is a game that is now fairly dear to me, really. And my earliest memories of it were playing it or watching it being played first and eventually playing it. Uh, with with my uncle mm-hmm. um but you mentioned theme hospital there was this yeah. guy who was like the son of my mum's colleague who i would occasionally go i would go around to their house on like a sunday yeah. mostly so the mums could talk to each other uh and then i would just kind of go off with this we, kid we all so had those friends yeah. yeah we just went up to their bedroom and played ps1 exactly yeah. and i watched him play theme hospital on ps1 and that was my first exposure to theme hospital and i thought oh yeah. this is great love this game build your own hospital yeah fantastic Incredible. uh and eventually got a copy of that on pc like maybe even 10 years later or eight years later or something but uh mm. yeah I, my my earliest memory is, is ps1 theme hospital which 
Uh, I always forget that it was even available on console, but it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Ben? Just listening to Next Door. Just having a look. Thought we won't be picking up on the microphone. No. Uh, those of you who listen to the Cultaholic podcast will know that it, those those lot are the bane of their existence as well. The brew crew. Yeah. Just go into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. All together. Have a cup of tea. Make a flip ton of noise. Have a chat. Yeah. Eat some biscuits. We don't do that. No, we don't. We can't. We just leave lit candles in the office overnight. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we do. <laughs> that was the development from this week. Yeah. So people got in trouble. Just didn't expect <laughs> you to bring it up on the podcast. But you know yeah. what? I'm going to flip and say it. flip and say it. It's not, it's not all sunshines and rainbows in our office either. No. We just because we're our upstairs. Own, don't have our own kitchen for stuff. They've got a separate kitchen room. So yeah. that's the thing. We've got just a, a studio flat. Yeah. At the <laughs> it's end all of in the, the same room. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, remember to extinguish candles. Be very safe. They're also, I've heard they're not very good for you. Uh, we shouldn't really have them lit when we don't really want them. It, the problem is but, that we've got a, we've got a stinky boy office. Yeah, we do. So they need to be on for that reason. We have the opportunity for far more ventilation that they have down here in their subterranean dungeon mm. where they are where they are based, the brew crew. Yeah. Uh, but equally, you know, we out of the we have we have our girl in our office, right? And I think she is perhaps more susceptible to boy smell, boy stink, boy stink than we are because mm. it's just sort of like that's what boys smell like. Yeah. That's it. Whereas you know. Candles smell nice. They do. They smell really good, those candles. But, you know, they have, apparently they have, like, formaldehyde in them and stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. So we're all dying, is what you're saying. Well, especially coming into a room the morning after a candle has been lit all night. Yes, it just smells like burnt. I opened the window behind me that morning and got slightly chilly just so that I wouldn't die yeah. by today. I wanted to record the podcast before I died, you know? Oh, goodness me. Um, anyway, my answer to this question. Yes. My cousin... Mm. Oh, it's all about my cousins all going to my cousin. cousin's house. We should get your cousin and my uncle together to play games. I'm sure they'd have a great time. Yeah, yeah, they would. Mm. Uh, my my big cousin, um, who didn't live too far away from me, like a, a village a, a village away, mm. uh, he he got all the games, man. Yeah, he got all the flipping games. And for me, it's very much the same as Addy. It was GTA Vice City and San Andreas that mm-hmm. I'd go over and watch, like absolutely raptured. Just, yeah, this is amazing. In Vice City, you can take any car you want and you park it you park it in your garage and then it's yours and you can just take it whenever you want oh it's amazing what Uh, i ended up not actually getting my first gta game until gta 4 on the ps3 Mm. and even then my parents wouldn't buy it for me because i wasn't quite 18 yet and uh so i gave the money to my friend's dad who bought it who bought it for me uh, but yeah, the, oh God, getting getting a debit card when you're a teenager is a game changer. It is. Because you can just buy all you want online. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, the other one, I get my paper. The other one are my other cousins for, for sure. I used to go over there and watch them play games quite a lot. They, they live a lot further away or lived a lot further away. Um, I remember very specifically watching them play MGS2, oh, yeah. which is a game I definitely didn't have the video game ability to play like mm-hmm. i would have been rubbish at it and also here comes the pain was one that i used to watch them play quite a lot as well and i ended up getting my own copy of that and that was the best day of my life yeah still got it today um but yeah there, there's a there's a couple of examples you know that you, you naturally go to friends houses who have access to things mm. um that you don't and if you were one of those friends who had access to things uh you're probably in prison now 
I'd have thought. Yeah, right? that's how it works. I think so. All of those, all those uh, kids who had access to GTA when they were children, mm. prison now because you had them. a game that you shouldn't have had. Shouldn't have had it. Some um, of the so there you go. So for me as well, some of it is just like a console that that I didn't have. You know, it's not about like a game that oh I couldn't I can't play that because it's I, you know it's an old person game. It's a good point. Um, my friend had it. My friend, my friend had a GameCube, and I was right. able to see Zelda and Wind Waker. And yeah, stuff like that. all of my early Nintendo. Smash well, all Bros. of my Nintendo experience at all really comes from friends like my my best friend till i was eight years old we moved house when i was eight years old but until then my best friend had an n64 uh, I, um, I used to go around to his house in the morning when my mum was on her way to work she would drop me there mm-hmm. and then his mum would take us both to school but there would be like a 20 25 minute window where we would just play diddy kong racing like every morning or occasionally mario 64 nice um and then when we moved house when I was eight, my new best friend had an N64. Is that, that meme? Friendship ended with yeah. such and such. Exactly. When we moved house. Yeah. Uh, my new best friend in the village had an N64. And I used to go around to his in like after school and play Pokemon Snap and, you know, Goldeneye and stuff. It's pretty rad. It was pretty rad. Pokemon Stadium. That same cousin Great had time. Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Snap as well. That was another one that I just used to watch. Like, oh, I love Pokemon I Snap. That. I want that. Yeah. I want that. Haven't heard... Uh, it sounds like the new Pokemon Snap hasn't landed, perhaps, quite the way yeah. you know, that people I mean, wanted. The moment I heard it was coming back, I was like, oh, that's great. And then about six seconds later, I thought, oh, it's going to have all the new Pokemon. Yeah, I don't... That's my problem with Pokemon, is the Pokemon. <laughs> I just, want to know what the hell's... Just what I'm give looking me at. 250. 250 Pokemon Give is, me is enough. 150. 150? You don't even want Moo. You don't want Moo. Well, 151. Come on. Right. Take that Moo. Moo. Mewtwo wasn't in Pokemon Snap. Or mind you, a lot of them weren't in Pokemon no, Snap. No, they weren't. It was very limited. Yeah. It's time to move on to something a little strange. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Strange News. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Weird news time. It's time for some weird video game news. 
We have our podcast producers here for the week. Thank you so much to our podcast producers. If you would like to be a podcast producer, go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Mm. Kick us off, peeps. Weird news this week is sponsored and produced by Matt Barger. James Carmichael. Sean Legg. Trick24. Evan Breidenbach. Fred Cartwright, otherwise known as G.Y. Goliath. Ellie Nicholas. Hutker 10. Oh, yeah, there's no H. I thought it was Hutcher, but it or is. Hut, Hutk. I think I said E-R. Hutcher yeah. last week, but it, there's no H. Hutker 10. H at the beginning. Sorry, Hutker. Melody L. Bonnet. Harrison Carlman. Or Bonnet. Dylan. Gabrielle Philippink. Adam Dawson. And Katie Jarrod. Garrod. Katie Garrett. Sorry, everyone. What a fantastic mixture of, I'm assuming some genders here, but certainly there was some feminine names in there. It's nice to see. You love to see it. You do love to see it. Good mixture. Um, Speaking of people in the community, I have got, oh, it's gone. It always does this. Oh, You load it up beforehand. Beans, it's flipping gone. And then when you reopen the tab, it's not there. It's like, hey, did you want me to refresh everything? Yeah. Go back to like the front. Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's why I left it on a page before I locked my phone. Yeah. Uh, Right, here we go. Talking of the community, people have posted on our calls to, to action uh, to send weird news on social media. Yes. Um, and I, my weird news this week was submitted by Toby at Ketchup Duncan on Twitter. I'll check the Facebook post when Ben's reading his and see if anyone else... I just want to slide in, actually, and just say that due to my very strange behavior last week that I can't quite uh, justify, um, I didn't read my weird news. And oh, I, yeah. was, I think I was going to do this story. I think Cameron Keywood was the person from last right. week. Who who brought this? I believe. Well, there we go. Thank you, Cameron Keywood. Possibly, potentially, yes. and I will check the Facebook as well in a moment. Uh, you, this is according to PC Gamer, I should say. UK thieves jailed after stealing one hundred and eighty thousand pounds worth of cars with a Game Boy. Damn! Did you hear the air quotes? Game Boy. They didn't get me. I escaped. Yeah. Uh, this is written by Rich Stanton, and the the subtitle is. Criminals do what Nintendo don't. Oh, very good. A trio of car thieves have been jailed by Leeds Crown Court for stealing cars with a device designed to look like a Nintendo Game Boy. All pled guilty to the charge of conspiracy to steal and impersonating a Game Boy. No, that doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that. The gang had managed to steal five Mitsubishi Outlanders using the handheld device, which wow. is about £180,000 worth of cars. West Yorkshire Police estimated the device itself is worth 20 grand. Wow. The fake Game Boy that can steal cars. I mean, if you're making that much per car, or or that much in total, I suppose, from the cars, maybe it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah. Uh, And they told the BBC that it could unlock and start a car in a matter of seconds. Brilliant. I love new new technology in cars. I love the fact that my car can be hacked. Yeah. That's why I drive a car that barely functions. That needs a physical key. It's got a crank at the front. Um, Wind it up. (laughs) The device appears to work by essentially mirroring the short range frequencies of a particular key fob, fooling the car into thinking that the device itself is the key. Um, Marcus Hutchins is a bit of a poacher turned gamekeeper in the cybercrime business. What? What a weird metaphor. So he's saying, you know, the notion that you could have a poacher mm. who knows how to like sneak onto land and steal pheasants. Yeah. And then you would want to hire that person as your gamekeeper so that they would know, oh, well, here are the tricks of the trade. Surely like thief turned policeman or something would be a better, a clearer 
metaphor. That's Maybe that's a phrase. Poacher turned gamekeeper. I don't know. Right? I, don't, I really don't know. Well, anyway, let me assure you that Marcus Hutchins is a bit of a poacher turned gamekeeper Ooh. in the cybercrime business. Okay. And he explains in the below video what the thieves device is doing. Are we going to watch the whole Spoiler, video? Spoiler, it's cunning. Oh, no, not cunning. Um, so, and then there's just a, an embedded video yep. with some annotations on it. Someone had sent a message to him saying, you could steal a Tesla theoretically with this since they use a card. Um, I don't know what his reply is. It might be, no, it doesn't work on a Tesla, or yes, you could, but we're not going to watch the video. Uh, the perpetrators, Dylan Armour, Christopher Bowes, or B Bowers, and Thomas Poulsen, were arrested after stealing a Mitsubishi Outlander from a driveway on the 20th of July this year. There's CCTV footage of the theft, which can be viewed on the BBC website, oh. showing the thieves work their dark magic on the car, no. colon. Officers arrested them shortly afterwards. That's the second colon. I didn't even tell you about the first one. Second weirdly placed colon That's in a this. A lot of colons article. going around. If you're wondering, why a Game Boy? The answer is probably that it's just an inconspicuous and easily recognisable piece of older tech. The kind of thing you wouldn't think twice about seeing someone fooling around with or think was especially noteworthy. The device was found in a secret compartment of the thieves' car following their arrest. The would-be criminal masterminds also helpfully recorded themselves nicking the cars, which the police said showed how quickly and easily the gadget gave them full access to the vehicles, accompanied by a commentary in mocking tones. <laughs> Armour was jailed for 30 months by the court. Bowes and Paulson were each given 22 months in prison, suspended for two years. Lock them up and throw away the Game Boy. Throw away the Game Boy, yeah, because they'll use it to unlock their jail cell. They will, yeah. Which is cheating. Uh, it's not a perfect Game Boy. I mean, you've probably seen the image from when you were going to cover this story, but it's got four sup. face buttons. <laughs> it says sup on it. It's got like a decal. Uh, you can it looks like one that. of those retro boys that you can get that have more buttons on them. Yeah, it's got emulate X, other stuff. Y, A, and B. It's got a button in the middle that I don't know what that is for. And then a start and select. It's also not really the right shape. It's a bit squat. But It's uh, not really a Game Boy, is it? It's not really honest. a Game Boy. Come on. Come what? on. I would recognize that instantly. They should train more police to recognize yeah. Game Boys. They flipping should. Um, the links to that article will be in the description. Uh, yes. If you want to have a look yourself, or just, you know, flip and Google it. Flip and Google it, you mad... Billies. <laughs> Billies. Billies. Although we do say that word sometimes. Bastards. Bastards. Still feels not weird. One of the big, just... We're not actually banned by we're not allowed... Adam Pacitti from saying yeah, it. Yeah, we're not, not allowed to say it, but it's still I still felt like I needed to censor myself. Michael Milan at... Lord of Penguins. We found him. The Lord of Penguins. The Lord of Penguins uh, sent this My one. My liege. It is a Game Rant article. Okay. And it says, and it's written by Mason Sansonia. Sansonia, maybe. Uh, Far Cry 6 players are murdering their vehicle delivery men. Oh, no. the headline. Don't do that. Far Cry 6 players are rapidly becoming fed up with the man who delivers vehicles in the game and rectifying their problems with him using guns. Hmm. Far Cry 6, blah, blah, blah. What is Far Cry 6? While trouble with game systems can usually be cleared up with some simple research, other parts of Far Cry 6 are not so easy to dismiss. New game mechanics like respawning enemies are frustrating some players, but not nearly as much as some of their allies. One in particular has players fed up almost immediately. Players have thoroughly had it with Far Cry 6's vehicle delivery man. The article could have started here. Summoning a vehicle in Far Cry 6 is supposedly as easy as selecting and equipping a weapon, as they can be chosen and brought in from a handy wheel menu. 
While a good tip before starting Far Cry 6 is to use horses rather than cars, sometimes it cannot be helped. However, the NPC who brings the cars is a sourpuss who drives slowly and frequently blocks players from driving his car. For many players, the solution is simple. Kill him. Kill him. For various reasons, players have begun deciding that the life of the vehicle delivery man is forfeit. For some, it's just how slow he is in delivering the vehicles to where they are, coupled with how slowly he actually hands them over. For others, it's his snide remarks, telling players not to change the radio or adjust the seat as if the vehicle is his, not the player's. And for some, it's the way he will blindly run over adorable chorizo. Since everyone agrees that chorizo is a dog worth dying for, it stands to reason players feel that he is worth killing too. Uh, Killing for. What? He's worth killing for too. Yes, thank you. He's not worth killing He is worth killing for for too. Then the article goes on. Do you know what chorizo is? Yeah, not, the, not the Spanish sausage. No, I, I'm aware of Chorizo, the dog, his little dachshund. Yeah, he is with the wheelchair. With the wheelchair. On so the you bike. can get something in the game called uh, the, what are they called? Allies? No, uh, no like they have a special name. Amigos, mm. yeah. And the one you start off with is called Guapo, and he's a crocodile in crocodile a shirt with a golden tooth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of follow you around, and you can get Chorizo mm-hmm. as a as a little fella who follows you around and everyone's in love with him of course have yet to do it uh but i got to the quest last night and the description did actually make me laugh of the of the quest um i'll see if i can find find it mm-hmm. and i'll read it aloud in a minute um but there we are that's my weird news have you seen babe pig in the city <laughs> you know what i don't think i have i've not seen it in full but it's the kind of thing that used to be shown on like sunday afternoons in you know about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I remember flicking the TV on once just before I had to go for dinner. And uh, there's a dog in that, uh, like a Jack Russell that's got a, it's its back legs are on wheels. Mm. And uh, there's this bit where it's like grabbed hold of like the villain or something. And the villain's in a car and it's like being pulled along at like 40 miles an hour on Jesus. its wheels. And then I think it like spins off and, and essentially dies. Mm. And then there's this slow zoom in and it's on its side, and the wheel is just spinning. Oh and it's my slow god! Da- it, it just slows down. It goes, and I think, if memory serves, the dog actually comes back at the end. It turns okay, out he's not god. dead, but like right. Jesus, just the slow. It's a bit dark, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, babe, pig, babe, in, the pig in the city. It's not what I asked for. I found um, the description. Oh, fantastic! The quest's called "Who's a Good Boy." Uh, the subtitle is "Philly's Furry Friend Fancies a Fantastic Feast." Oh. Look at this perfect little sausage. I've got to find him a yummy treat, a meal fit for a puppy prince on his special day. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's the quest. That's lovely. And I did really enjoy that. Uh, but uh, yeah, the game very much leans into sort of, whoa, how crazy. Aren't we crazy? Yeah. Look how crazy we're being. They know that. You're that having fun yet? Trends on social media. Yeah, it's... exactly. It's very self aware. Yeah. But not in, again, kind of a obnoxious way mm-hmm. uh, anyway let's move on to the next question well i will just say mm-hmm. uh in uh mercenaries the game oh, yeah. that had a system where you could call vehicles in um, yes and uh, you could like request a car and the guy on the radio would go okay i'm on my way and then this <laughs> helicopter would arrive yeah and that game had that like magnetic winch on the helicopters you could use it as well and, like pick cars up mm. and then you go special delivery and then like drop the car down um, but if you asked for a helicopter to be delivered mm. he would fly it to you even if you were in the middle of a field in the middle yeah. of nowhere and he would then just get out and then you had to you could get in it and just leave him leave yeah. him there he'd just walk away and I sadly felt and sorry forwards. for that guy he like 
He seemed like such a decent he's dude. He's so enthusiastic about his job. Special delivery. And then he brings you a helicopter and then you just fly off. Yeah, just leave him there. Mm. Well, you know, that's part of the job, isn't it? Yeah, that's what he's paid for. Uh, question three. Christopher Ridge. Hello, Christopher. Hello, Christopher. When do y'all... Where... Good start. Where do y'all stand on constant updates, tweaks, and balance changes? I've always been a fan of StarCraft, but I can't stand how the versus mode of StarCraft 2 is never the same one year to the next. It makes it super alienating to casual players, especially since several things don't work the same as they do in the campaign modes. Likewise, StarCraft 1 keeps all of the dumb metas in it, and they don't try to change it up every season. So it's easier for casual players to jump in. I guess a relatable example would be Call of duty what if they were constantly changing how much damage each gun did rate of fire they do they do do. rate of fire magazine capacity xp gains how attachments work and how they're gained compare it to the first modern warfare and it's easy to just jump back into that after a long break because everything is still the same Mm -hmm. i get that i get that players exploit certain in-game mechanics but i'm far more fascinated by how the community responds to many of these exploits over the years anyway thoughts Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. Just catch my breath. Thank you, Christopher. Um, yeah, these things can be hard to keep up with, especially if you're not playing a certain game every day or mm-hmm. even every week. You know, if it's just something you hop in and out of. I still occasionally dip into Battlefront 2. They don't tend to. I mean, certainly now they're not updating that game at all. But even back in the day, they they weren't doing major changes to yeah. weapons and stuff. They were doing the odd tweak. Nerf the lightsaber. It's too powerful. Yeah, it man. can cut through anything. It's a bit unfair. What's the point in Stormtroopers wearing armor? It's yeah, pointless. Geez. Nerf it. Um, but, uh, I, I've seen this from the outside, you know, games that I don't generally play where I'm like, what is all that you see it? Like articles occasionally coming up mm. where they've saying, oh, they've changed this and they've nerfed that. And they've, uh, what's the opposite of nerf? They've, uh, uh oh God, oh, that's a great question. Oh, there buffed. is a word buffed. Yeah. They've buffed that or whatever it is. God, the gaming language, the gaming vernacular is really stupid, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, that's OP, etc. Mm. And I do think like that must be frustrating at times just to try and keep up with what's going on. Um, on the other hand, and as Christopher admits in his question, you know, these things can be exploited. If if a certain weapon is like massively OP, you know, we had this question, we had a similar question not long ago that was like something along the lines of, uh, oh, it was about exploiting quick saves and stuff mm, like that. Mm-hmm. And our answer, I think across the three of us, Ben and Emma was, um, you know, in a single player game, do what you want. You know, if you want to quick save before you pick a lock or if you want to use a weapon that is actually really OP, if you use it in a certain way, then just do it. But I do think that in multiplayer games, if there's a certain weapon that's like massively overpowered, then maybe it's more fair for everyone to uh, have that weapon be be nerfed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You could argue, though, that if that weapon is easily accessible then, you know, everyone's welcome to use it if they want to. If it's if it's su- supposedly very powerful, then it's up to you whether or not you use that weapon. You know, people get like that with guns in Call of Duty particularly that aren't so OP that they actually need to be nerfed in the patch, but they're just like, oh, why are you using that? That's, <laughs> you're a real scrub, aren't you? you? Remember the noob tube? Yeah, the noob tube, exactly. Which was the grenade, the grenade launcher, launcher attachment for, I think, the M16 something or other. Yeah, which was, I mean, it was kind of OP, but it was fun to use. And, yeah. you know, you could do like matches where me and some of my friends used to... I may to... be a noob, but at least I'm not dead. <laughs> hey, exactly. Uh, me and my friends would sometimes... Um, just have matches where it was just like noob tubes <laughs> tube only yeah um so that's that's a lot of fun so it's good for like balancing and stopping ex- exploits and stuff but 
ultimately, I guess what it does is, is it separates a, a fan base or a player base into two kinds of player. There's yeah. the ones who really care about like the meta and like the tiny details about like, oh, this now actually fires two more rounds per second uh, or whatever, does like an extra three damage versus people who are just hopping into these games to have fun and they maybe don't have the time or the even the understanding to keep up yeah. with what's going on. And I think you can split your audience like that if you're if you're not careful. Absolutely. We've actually got a video in production at the moment written by our own James Jenkins. Uh, all about Fortnite and its dominance. Mm. Um and it's it we we go into detail about how a lot of well, most games launching now want to be the only game you ever play. Yeah. The ultimate game that you never stop playing. And mm -hmm. as a result, it can be so difficult or it is practically impossible to keep up with everything that's going on unless you play it every day. Yeah. Which a lot of us don't want to do. No. I don't want to play Call of Duty Warzone every day. Mm -hmm. I I've got really sucked into playing Crash Team Racing night whatever yeah. nitro no, that's not nitro was it nitro fuel? Yeah. Yeah. Um every day before I realized, wow, I actually hate this. Mm -hmm. I'm so bored. I never want to play this game ever again. I've not again. played it since uh, its initial Yeah, so I wave. did like the first four Grand Prix, unlocked everything and was like, wow, this is so, t it just doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It does not. There are other things I want to do with my time. Um, and it's the same is true for Call of Duty. Obviously, they do need to nerf things that they break because yeah. there are so, it, Call of Duty in particular is a game that is so frequently broken by new guns being added. Mm -hmm. So much so that it doesn't take long for it to spread through the community like wildfire that, hey, if you dual wield these pistols yeah. and have this perk, you're, you kill everyone in two seconds. You just walk into a room, mash L2 and R2 and kill everyone in two seconds. Mm -hmm. so, and, and, and you will then play Warzone and be killed by that. Yeah. There'll be one person playing that game who's doing it and they will wipe the floor with everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's not fun for players like me who play it once every few weeks maybe yeah you know that's i can't and even so even if i did i couldn't be expected to keep up or you know what can i do about that mm -hmm. even if i play every day that needs to be nerfed yeah the game where i have the most issues with this in particular where things are nerfed and changed was borderlands 3 right which lent far more into the live service model than i think a lot of borderlands fans wanted or mm -hmm. liked um even though that was the natural progression of the genre that they helped popularize and start in the first place. But, you know, they took such a long time away from the game that they came back to it. And the hybrid of what they once did that was so popular and what is working for other developers and publishers now didn't really vibe with a lot of people. Yeah. Still a great game. Still really enjoyed it. I feel like I need to give that caveat every time. Like, hey, I still love this game. But equally, I, there were a lot of things I didn't like. Ben hates this game. I hate it. It was my game of the year. Confirm. Flipping hate it. Um, but yeah, they especially as our good friend uh, Patrick Fenn, mm. who uh, who has now left Gearbox, when we were talking to him in the early days of Triple Jump, and we were talking to him about the bugs and exploits and glitches that are present in previous games, he said, you know, we don't we don't need to change those things or patch them because as long as they're not hurting other players' enjoyment, yeah. then what's the point? And the only PvP that exists in Borderlands is when you challenge someone to a duel, which is a very optional thing. It's not like an entire game mode. There's no versus multiplayer or anything. Mm. But the level of tweaks and balancing and usually just nerf, nerfing people's uh, certain skills and powers was just, oh, it was it was nauseating because yeah. I could, 
you could barely keep one character build one week to the next. You'd have to refund all of your skills and reapply them based on guides that you find on Forbes.com. Yeah. Where, there, where there's one man writing about <laughs> Borderlands 3 for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, that was just, it was so frustrating. And that was a game I was playing every day. Mm-hmm. And it was still, you'd log in and like, wow, my skill is crap now. Yeah. Why is my character so rubbish? Oh, yeah, there was a patch where they nerfed everything. Why? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? I can't keep track of, of it all. Uh, but, you know, hopefully Wonderlands is less like that. It might be partly as well down to whether or not these things are being changed. I'm just the kind of person who gets a bit turned off by a game that has that level of meta or detail about it right like if there's, there's a that, lot to learn yeah it's one of the reasons and there are several reasons uh why i would never play a moba um right th- they usually have loads of like if you really look into it you know damage per second and like buffs and perks and things like that and all, all these stats that come together to apparently make a huge difference in the eyes of certain players um, as to what's good and bad and the best way to play. Mm. And to me, that just turns me off straight away. Even if like a game came out that was like that and it was never tweaked and nothing was ever nerfed or buffed, I would just be like, oh, it's a bit it's a bit much. I don't want to have to sit down and learn that level of detail. So yeah. I, I might not be the best person to say whether or not this is a good or bad thing. But I think broadly speaking, yeah, just just balancing games when, especially if a new gun or something comes out, gets added in and that completely throws off mm. the whole balance then it's a good thing to do that but uh yeah it can be can be alienating for sure it's like there are people on the development team who whose whole job is to tweak things and yeah. so they just it's like when you know your phone gets updated mm. and all they've done is made it harder to use yeah it's like why did you do that mm-hmm. well we need something to do yes. so stop stop inventing work for yourself <laughs> yeah anyway okay. let's move on it is time for the big discussion oh Big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion. This week's big discussion comes courtesy of Charlie Brain, mm. who says, Hello, you wonderful people and Emma. I've been thinking and talking to a friend of mine about difficulty options in video games. I've noticed that a lot of people are of the opinion that if you play a game on easy mode, then you are a loser and a noob well, and therefore deserve ridicule from everyone else when all you may want to do is enjoy the story and the relationships, etc. Some games also perpetuate this idea, such as Wolfenstein, where the easy mode is represented by the main character with a pacifier or a dummy Dummy. in his mouth, suggesting that you are a baby if you choose that option. I just wondered your opinion on this, and if you think the games industry should be doing more to encourage acceptance for all kinds of players, whether they choose to play easy, medium, or hard difficulty. Thanks for the excellent content you always produce. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. That big Charlie brain energy. Big brain. Big brain. Um... To go back, actually, to uh, Duke Nukem: Time to Kill, a game yeah. from PS One, I believe that had a difficult, it had like four difficulty options, and they weren't easy, normal, medium, and hard, or whatever. Uh, it was um, Babetacular. The, the the normal one was, I think, called like Come Get Some, or hard mode was Come Get Some. Right. And I may be misquoting, I may be misremembering, but my there's certainly our game from that era where the easy mode was either called wussy or pussy i don't remember which wow sounds sounds about right i don't though, know if you for... could say that last one in that well context. i just did i think i think i i just did um <laughs> so uh yeah there are definitely definitely games out there that are like that i mean to an extent i can i can accept it from certain games that have a, a kind of 
even if it's a bit cringy, they've got an edge to them, or they, they try and have an edge to them. They think they do. Wolfenstein is so over the top. Yeah. It's like borderline comedic. It's exactly. Like, it's representation of the Nazis, mm -hmm. and its whole vibe is over the top. And Duke Nukem, despite the fact that it's aged terribly, let, I mean, that's a whole different argument. The fact is, that was a similar thing where they were, you know, going for this kind of... You know, there might as well have been a, an electric guitar playing all the way through the game sort yeah. of thing. And, you know, again, they can, they can go with wussy if they want to. Um, I think to actively discourage your players from choosing an easy option, that's not the best thing to do. I mean, back in the day, in, in that sort of era, there were also some games where if you played on an easier mode, you would sometimes miss out on, um, like certain things from the ending like i know some games historically and, and still now will give you a bonus ending if you play it on the hardest difficulty mm. but i remember more than one game i can't think of specific examples but i remember it being in my mind i mustn't pick easy because there were some games back in the kind of late 90, 90s early noughties where if you played on easy you would actually be punished by like not getting time the splitters two, standard did it, ending, it? did it? Time splitters two, not the standard ending. Sorry, I should have let you finish. Right. Time splitters two, I believe, uh, had certain missions that would just end. Or sooner. certain missions, yeah, no, you, that you as would well. Miss out on content. You just miss content. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I think, broadly speaking, it makes sense for something like uh, Wolfenstein to kind of take the mick a little bit with with the name or the image of its easy mode, um, but. I don't think any game should actively discourage its players from playing on easy. And certainly not that there's anything you can really do about it, but like the community uh, shouldn't be like, oh, well, why the hell are you playing on easy mode? You're a, you're a scrub lord. You're a noob. Um, I don't want no scrub. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy who won't. maybe just doesn't have time to play the game on normal mode. But he won't it, get no love from me. He won't get no love from me. But standing at the passenger side of his best friend's ride saying story mode, please. Can I play on easy, please? Um, I play on story mode uh, fairly often nowadays because I just I've there's so many games, so little time. It's not so not really so many games. It's so little time. I have so little time to play games yeah. that uh, I play on story mode a lot. Kena was the first one that I didn't play on easy mode for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, no one should be gatekeeping games based on the difficulty that other people are playing. Um, and also, it, it, it it's uh, an accessibility issue as well. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people might have certain needs that mean they are, uh, you know, they, they won't struggle with easy mode on a game. But, you know, hard is just not going to be... It's going to be beneficial for them to, to sit and try and play through. Um, so uh, that's a very good reason not to have prejudice against difficulty settings. Yeah, no, absolutely. If it's a game I'm not particularly asked about, mm. harking back to the conversation we had about games you get for free slash as part of your subscription service where yeah. you feel less of a sense of duty to stick with them or finish them mm -hmm. as you would if you if you bought them. I tend to put those on easy. Yeah. So when I was playing Gravity Rush 2, that was on easy because I just want to get through it. Judgment, mm. played that on easy, just want to get through it. Yeah. Um, and talking about Gravity Rush 2, by the way, uh, my PlayStation Now subscription ran out like the day after we recorded the podcast where right. I said, well, it runs out this weekend, so I need to get... I couldn't, didn't even get a chance. Nah. So, so I don't know if I'll finish that. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to put things on easy if I'm not fussed about a game. Otherwise, I'll play on normal. It's very rare that I will choose a higher difficulty than that unless there is a trophy associated yeah. with it. And nowadays you see fewer difficulty-related trophies. Again, because I think it's just... 
they want to make games more accessible, mm -hmm. which is fine. Because are you really going to lose sleep over the fact that if you choose to play through a game on a punishing difficulty, you know, your choice, that you've done that, the game's not making you do it, yeah. and you don't get a trophy, that's going to upset you? Mm. I don't think so. Yeah. And why not just give a trophy just for finishing it? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of games, Far Cry 6, one thing it can be applauded um, uh, for, is that right? Yes. Is that correct English? Mm -hmm. uh, is its accessibility options in that it only has two difficulty options. Oh, okay. One of them is story mode where, you know, it's there's no real difficulty there at all. Yeah. And you're just there to experience the world and the story and so on. And the other one is action mode, which is just the game as intended, the, right. the experience as intended. I like that. And I am all for games that have no difficulty option whatsoever because there are a number of them. Mm -hmm. Soulsborne are the obvious yeah, the obvious example of that and I'll get to that in a second. But certainly I think why not just remove the, remove the decision altogether? Mm -hmm. Why not just design a game that the developer in this case wants to design and that is the experience? Yeah. And it's that or a story mode, which is mm -hmm. the accessible one people for people who don't have enough time, for people who have certain accessibility needs, who can then just experience the game, yeah. but aren't necessarily up for a challenge. Games would then certainly still need to be balanced very well mm -hmm. because you remove the option for people to drop it onto a lower difficulty if they're up against a difficult yeah, area or exactly. whatever, yeah. um, which could present an issue. But I'm all for games, you know, just this is this is the game. And you can play it on story, or action mode. Or there's adap adaptive difficulty as well, which, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know how much... Obviously, it's a, it's a hidden thing, so you don't always know when it's happening. But mm -hmm. uh, certainly there are some PS1 games, the Spyro games had adaptive difficulty on them. And I think Crash Bandicoot as well. If you, uh, if you got crushed by the boulder, for example, over and over again, the boulder would start rolling slower. Um, and these things weren't heavily advertised at the time. Um, but uh, I'm sure it still exists today to a certain extent. Um, and that's that's always worth having in a game that doesn't have difficulty options um, is just something that if you are struggling a lot and dying over and over again, it's just quietly behind the scenes. It kind of tweaks yeah. certain, you know, enemy aggression and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah, so that's always a, an option too. Absolutely. For developers. When it comes to Soulsborne, there's long been a debate about having an easy mode in mm -hmm. those games. I would argue, as would I think most of the people who play those games, that part of the whole mystique and charm of those games is how challenging they are yeah, and how much you need to get good mm -hmm. as in the Soulsborne vernacular. You know, you need to you need to practice. You need to understand how it works. It is playable. You just have to get better at it. Mm -hmm. And while I would not lose any sleep whatsoever if they were to add a story mode in there, I still think in the particular case of Soulsborne, it sort of defeats the entire point of the game because mm. it's meant to be quite punishing. It's kind of the USP. I mean, the fact that people now say the Soulsborne of, or it's a, a yeah, Souls-like, it's a Souls -like, and they mean yeah. a difficult game, partly. Mm -hmm. um, the Soulsborne of uh, cooking games, yes. for example. Mm. So I think to, to circle back to Charlie's big brain question, it... There, there should be absolutely no shame for playing on easy. Yeah. I think we are entering something of a golden age currently of accessibility options in mm -hmm. games, and those can work not only for people who need them to experience the game at all, but also for people who don't have much time or got the game free on PlayStation Now, mm -hmm. and they just, by, by Jove, they just want to get through it. 
so that they've yeah. they've finished it and it's done and they're not there for a long time they're there for a good time and that's okay you know games that sort of mock you for playing on easy difficulty like wolfenstein it's very much as we said sort of a comedic aspect a sort of an homage to their roots because they've always done that yeah they've always sort of like taken the mick out of players but it's a stigma that i feel now is more meant in a light-hearted sense than it mm-hmm. is in a in a literal sense because there was definitely as part of gamer culture back in the day like if you played on easy you were rubbish at games or whatever whereas i think that doesn't really exist anymore of course there are awful people and there will always be awful people who will gatekeep and who will tell you that you're an idiot for playing on easy yeah but i don't think that really exists anymore in a true hateful sense Mm -hmm. i do think it's more of a oh you're gonna play on easy you're a big baby he's like no no i understand (laughs) i've got a job as well yeah uh so yeah i don't i don't think it's anything to worry about necessarily but incidentally, I'm all in favor of um, putting a, a little secret reward behind mm. the hardest difficulty. Yeah, There's no absolutely. harm in that. And uh, especially if it, because generally it tends to be uh, perhaps a secret ending. Uh, sometimes it might be a, a special in-game reward. But if it's a secret ending, people can just go on YouTube if they just want to see it and they don't yeah. want to have to sit down and do it, um, then that's an option. But like, for example, I've played several Halo games through on Legendary to see that ending knowing full well i could just go on youtube and find it but it's that is a sense of achievement and a and getting a reward at the end of it and so, it justifies that difficulty being there in the first yeah place. it does so. yeah yeah that's right um because without that it's just what are you hard doing? Why, why would you do that because it's yourself? not fun to play through well like, exactly i found it very punishing but having got a lot of platinum trophies the playing through on the hardest difficulty is always the thing that makes me never want to return to that game mm. ever yeah and you skip cutscenes and you're running through areas and you die for bs you hear the same dialogue over oh, and it's over the worst it's a, it's a terrible time i know some people want to challenge themselves but like give them the option yeah. the options are good mm-hmm. but there's an easy option for a reason and why the hell wouldn't you take it if that's the yeah. best for you yeah for there sure. we go peter yes where can people find us on the internet team triple jump everywhere youtube.com forward slash team triple jump and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump is where all of our content is going out of course videos on youtube but also live streams on youtube and twitch um if you've got amazon prime one of the benefits of that is a twitch sub so you can just spend that on us if you like uh, and uh, when we are streaming on both twitch and youtube we are modded by lord brotovich trowling badger and mr black thank you mods We've got social media over at twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Twitter more for video and live stream announcements, little bits and bobs. Facebook for legacy video content, things like that. Um, Occasional Facebook lives. Not done one of those in a little while, have we? We should do one. No, no. Yeah. Yes. No. Watch this space. No. I'll tell Fraser that we should do another one. Yes. Maybe in the next week or two. Uh, And also patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can access our Patreon tiers. There are new rewards as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, including early access to worst and weirdest games ever. So Mm -hmm. that's very exciting. Keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Emma, can you get the next bit? Emma? Oh, Christ, looks like it's up to us then. Right, okay. okay. Um, uh, so we've also... Ashton normally reads this. Yeah, in fact, it. before uh, pre-Ashton, I used to read this. Prashton. Maybe I should just carry on. Uh, the, the website is triplejur.mup. Mm-hmm. If you go to triplejur.mup, that's ju.mp, yes. by the way. If you go to triplejur.mup forward slash discord, it will take you straight to our discord, modded by Jack, Tori, and Hollow Eyes. Thank you, Mods. 
If you go to triplegr.mup forward slash podcast, you can find our podcast over on ACAST, but we're also available everywhere else as well that you could possibly want to find mm-hmm. us. Triplegr.mup forward slash VODs will redirect you to our YouTube VODs channel, or you can just search for Triple Jump VODs on YouTube. You certainly can. And also the store, triplejumpshop.com. God, I've really nearly read that the old way. Triplejumpshop.com to see all of our merch. At Triple Jump Shop on Twitter, if you want to go check out what's going on with the shop and get the latest updates. We've got a brand new shirt that I'll tell you about in a second. Mm-hmm. You we- can also go to triplejo.mep forward slash shop. That can works. you? That works too. That well, works. there we go. We've got so many options for you. We do lists every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint streams on YouTube. Blazer. The rest of the days being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. It is a Worst Games Ever week. The podcast is every Saturday. And we do shows, one every other week or the thereabouts. We actually do way more than that at the moment. Yeah. This is quite outdated. Uh, why not leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Uh, Triplejump.gg. Uh, go check that out if you want subscriptions or currency for your various platforms. Or mine coins. Mine coins. Those are an option too. Ashton flipping went and played on a switch oled didn't she she did she had a chat with you about it yeah she played metroid dread on the oled and uh so we've done her first weekend with the oled and we've done a quip scope on metroid dread we certainly have mm. we've also done a quip scope on back for blood the mm-hmm. sort of left for dead three as it were the claim to claimant to the crown left five dead yeah, something like that. Anyway, mm. James has been playing that. It's available now on Game Pass for free, uh, as well as on other platforms, for money. Uh, so go give that a watch or a listen. It should be on this podcast feed now. Mm. <sighs> Speaking of the shop, as we just did moments ago, we have a brand new shirt in addition to the merch drop that went out, like, what, a week a and a half, weeks, two weeks? God, maybe slightly some, longer now. So I don't, I don't know. Know. <laughs> know. Drop two happened. Extra shirt has just happened. Uh, did you know there was a massive data breach on Twitch? We didn't talk about this on the podcast, but yeah, there was a huge. They basically leaked the entire website yeah. source code, including the top earners. Someone hacked into it, and it was the what, like top ten thousand or something? Yeah, earners on Twitch. Turns out. Pleasant surprise. We are the 5,887. Your boys are on the leak. Out of every single Twitch channel in the world, we are within the top 6,000 on earnings. Yeah. Would you believe? That is astonishing. I mean, Mm. we got there courtesy of you. Yeah. Solely. So thank you very, very much. Don't for one moment think that we can rest on our laurels and start thinking that we're making loads of money because we're not. (laughs) But But, per the uh, illegal Twitch hack, Mm -hmm. we are the 5,882nd biggest Twitch channel in the world. And we have a a sort of special shirt to... uh, commemorate commemorate that. that so go check it out at triplejumpshop.com incidentally if you go looking for that data i believe the figure of earnings is over two years i think that's right i don't think it's over one year because i was like we're making that much in a year we're definitely we no, we're, we're definitely not, not. we're not um, um i think it's two years aren't. i'm not sure on top of that the tat appeal is back <gasps> We know you've been asking. We know you're excited about sending us worse games and tat. And we took a year off last year because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, but we are officially open for tat, baby. Oh, we're doing another Christmas tat appeal. There is a video with all the information on the YouTube channel, including our address where you can send us stuff. Mm-hmm. I believe the 
the two notes that you need to know is that the cutoff is the 19th of November. Yeah. And there will be a grace period of one week afterwards for any straggling things to arrive just mm-hmm. so we have enough time to shoot it and then obviously release it on the, on the lead up to, to Crimbles. Please put enough postage on there. And please put enough postage on there. Anything gets held up and we get a note saying your package is waiting in you need to pay Dover, 15 pounds or whatever we can't we can't, do we can't that. pay for that unfortunately um, so make sure you put enough postage on and if you're sending a worst game ever preferably just have a little look on metacritic before you send it make sure that it's you know averaged like no more than 60 odd percent yeah um preferably however a lot less excellent segue mm. you can send us weird games that have been reviewed sort of okay yeah. or very well they're mm-hmm. just really obscure because this week for patrons, they got access to the first episode of Weirdest Games Ever, which we'll be releasing next week on the channel for everybody. But if you're a patron of the same tier that gets worst games ever, mm. two days early, you get Weirdest Games Ever, oh, flipping week early, and you get both this week. You get both episodes all oh. together. What oh. a flipping bargain. Oh, jeez. Oh. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. So it is a Worst Games Ever week for everyone. That'll be on Sunday, but it's a Weirdest Games Ever week. For every week for, for, for patrons for patrons with the full episode going out next week so mm. there we are i think that's all of it it's been a huge week we've released so many videos this week we couldn't really um, find the time in that we did some 9 p.m releases this week yeah so a couple of no time on the couple schedule of 9 p.m releases but yeah. there's still plenty to go uh i think that's i think that's all the tat appeal is the exciting one go check it out the address is there Send us your nonsense. Mm, we yes. want it. We want it. Uh, just enough time then for me to remind you of today's sponsor, which is uh, some crappy like prototype version of the Switch that is older than the Switch itself. Yeah. It's just been released for some reason. The Nintendo Switch old model. Weird. Mm. Don't know why they'd release that. Strange. Right, we're going to go now because it's lunchtime and we're hungry. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Look Bye-bye. after yourselves. Bye. Uh-uh. Bye. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.